Hello everybody, today we're talking about seeing ourselves as a problem that needs to be fixed and how that can spiral out of control and lead to some pretty grim places. In myself, uh, I feel like there's a part of my mind that I would call the place of unconditional negativity or perpetual dissatisfaction. And to that part of me, it seems like no matter what I do, no, no matter what I accomplish to fix myself or heal myself or, what, or better myself, that part of my mind is always going to find new complaints. It's never going to be enough. And so giving that part of my mind a lot of space and attention can lead some pretty messed up places. And I know this through personal experience. I spent a number of years almost like solely focused on doing emotional work and um, introspection and really dedicating myself to a period of healing and growth and you know in retrospect I'm not entirely sure what it was I was trying to accomplish what the goal was um, and there was some really positive things some positive things that came out of that chapter of my life but it also seemed like somewhere along the way or maybe at the outset of that journey um, there's a part of me that was like coming from a place of shame and uh, that perpetual dissatisfaction that uh, inner negative like that deep sense of self-loathing and negativity somehow it got intertwined with this intention to heal to be a stronger person a better person a more honest person um some shame-filled part of me saw that i think and kind of uh, kind of got it, sunk its teeth into that intention it was like hey we can hitch a ride on this if we wrap ourselves up with this sense of righteousness then we really got some uh powerful fuel uh, and it, it's a very clever way for shame and self-loathing to really take a very powerful position in, uh, in a person's psyche. And that's what happened to me. It's like this kind of noble pursuit of becoming a better person got twisted in this kind of um, unhealthy rejection of myself, this shame spiral. And um, over time, it led me to some grim places. And it felt like the more I tried to fix myself and the more I put energy in that direction, the more I kind of like just tore myself away from life and the imperfections of life. And the more I rejected my own imperfections and, uh, and the people around me. And I just isolated myself and took things too seriously and um yeah what eventually kind of shook me out of that chapter of my life I think was just seeing some friends who were on a parallel path really crashing and burning people who were really trying to I guess like heal themselves or fix themselves uh, I could see some pretty grim results of um, you know, people, friends and people I love just like isolating and getting into this place of trying to like troubleshoot themselves and fix themselves. And I could see eventually how it was like, whoa, 
I think they need to chill on this. I think they need to like live for a while. And there's got to be some allowance for just kind of like being a human. And it took a while before I understood that what I was seeing in them was uh, something that I was guilty of doing myself. I was doing it as much or more than the people around me. That kind of compulsive looking for the problem to solve, looking for the part of myself that I need to change or to correct. And kind of like bargaining with myself, bargaining with my life in the sense that I had to, I had these conditions that I put on myself and I wasn't conscious of it, but I felt like I needed to fix these things about me before I could live, before I could give myself certain things. And um, like I said, that's a sketchy bargain to make when I'm looking at life from this uh, problem perspective. Like, if I'm going to wait to give myself love until I've fixed myself, and I'm looking at life from a perspective where there's always going to be problems, and they're probably always all, like, I'm a human, so there's probably always going to be things I can see about myself that could be better. And if I'm going to hold myself hostage until I heal all of that and fix all of it, we got a problem because <laughs> and like I said, I saw some friends. I, I could see it more clearly in friends. And then eventually I, you know, had a, a moment of truth, a moment of sobriety. And it certainly didn't happen all at once. It was just over time I started to realize, whoa, something ain't right here. And I've got to relax this muscle that I've contracted, this muscle that's trying to overanalyze myself, this muscle that's trying to like look at all of the potential flaws or problems or traumas or blocks that I may have as an individual and try and fix it all, all, all at once or something. And um, yeah, I just, I guess I realized how unrealistic of a goal that was and how unhealthy because we need to live. We need, to, you know, there's a certain amount of being messed up, being flawed, being vulnerable, being incomplete, being imperfect. Um, there's a certain amount of that that we kind of need to let ourselves have in order to just like breathe and live. And strangely, the more that I've let myself accept all of those aspects of my person, it seems like it's also been easier to learn how to hold them in a in a better way. You know, if I accept my how easy it can be for me to get angry, and uh, instead of just trying to like reject it and disown it, if I accept it, it it makes it actually easier for me to learn how to have a healthy relationship with my quick temper. So in a sense, I am someone who is in recovery from. Um, trying to fix himself in maybe an overzealous way. And now when I hear people speaking from that voice, if I hear a friend or an acquaintance saying, oh, Miles, I'm so effed up. I've got so much trauma and so many relationship issues and su such a lack of discipline and, and just this giant overwhelming laundry list of imperfections 
and I, I don't know how I'm going to fix it all, and I need to, and I want to. When I hear someone talking from that voice, I remember myself. I, I hear myself, and I think, oh man, this is like a tragedy that I'm watching in front of me, somebody who is uh, swept up in that uh, paralysis of analysis, in that cerebral um, problem-making over-scrutinization of oneself. Not to say that the things they're feeling overwhelmed by don't exist. We're, we all have things we can work on. We're all human. But I think something I've been uh, finding useful is instead of trying to figure it all out and solve the problem of my imperfections all at once and look at all of the list of things I need to heal and become overwhelmed by it. Um, I guess I've, I've found it helpful to, to just ask myself, well, what's life actually giving to me to work on right now? Not what does my mind want to change or heal or correct about myself, but what's actually here that life has put in my hands and that really has uh, called for my attention? And I know that for me, when I ask that question, the list is much shorter and much more direct and sometimes surprising. Right now, um, a few of the things for me to work on are pretty simple. It's like having the discipline and focus to take my swirling creative energy and put it into the projects that I uh, that I have at my hand at my fingertips, the book that I'm writing, my podcast videos, and and also to take uh, risks that are scary in different areas of my life, whether it be relationships or um, writing or sharing content with the world. Um, developing the courage and the strength and the resilience to do that in a variety of uh, circumstances. Those are some of the things that are right in my hands that life has given me to work on right now. And that can be a really helpful way of kind of like clearing the noise and getting grounded for me and, and kind of redirecting my attention from the sometimes overwhelming endless list of things that that place of unconditional negativity and dissatisfaction in my mind can find if I let it. <laughs> I try to be somewhat, somewhat uh, judicious with the way I listen to that voice inside myself. Not that the voice itself is inherently destructive, it actually can be really creative because it's also a voice of accountability. It's a voice that uh, keeps me hungry. It's a voice that makes me want to learn more about myself and about others and about the world and improve and grow. So there's a real positive side to it. Um, but like I said, I know that if I lean too far in that direction of looking for the problem, of trying to fix myself, um, well, there will just, it seems like there will just always be a next thing. So there has to be some kind of balance. There has, and I guess that's the lesson that I've been learning. Yeah, it's a very common thing, I think, for people who are interested in personal development or spiritual growth to get this kind of sinister ulterior motive that gets swept up into something 
that on the surface of it seems pure and positive and healthy, but it might really have some kind of self-loathing that's kind of twisted itself into it. It's a very good thing to, to just like talk about, be open about, and that's why I'm sharing this today, because I know I'm not that unique on this level. I hear it around me. It's around, it's a thing, and, <laughs> and uh, if you can relate, I hope you enjoyed this. Uh, if you did, there's a, several ways you can let me know. If you're on YouTube, you can give this a thumbs up. Uh, you can subscribe to the podcast wherever you're streaming it. You can subscribe to the channel on YouTube. And if you're interested in checking out my book, it does dive deep into this uh, as an autobiographical story. Uh, you'll find links to that in the description or in the show notes. And until next time, take care of yourselves, everybody. Be kind to yourselves. And have a beautiful day.